What's up? Welcome to Faith and Other F-Words Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Martin. I'm a corporate hustler, wellness coach, and honestly, just a girl tired of seeing faith misappropriated. So let's change that. Think of us sitting on my couch, drinking wine, having those deep, raw, intellectual combos only have with your closest, smartest girlfriends. No scripture verses, no condemning, no regurgitation of doctrine. Believe me, I'm still trying to figure it out too. But at the end of the day, I know it's these combos that bring us closer to discovering and fulfilling the freaking purpose God's placed into your soul. You ready to drop some F words? Let's go. Happy Friday, you guys. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but I have been traveling a ton for work this week. I was in Houston and then Phoenix, and then I just got home last night for you because when I'm recording this is Thursday. Uh, And if I'm being really honest with you, the last thing I wanted to do was to record a podcast. And I like to release episodes on Monday, but because... I had been thinking about this podcast for (laughs) this episode. Uh, I didn't get around to doing it because I wanted to perfect it. And I think a lot of the times we get stuck in a rut of perfection that leads to paralysis. And we get so caught up in the thought of something that we don't end up taking the action to do it. And one of the themes that I have had lately in my life is done is better than perfect. And I've really been trying to practice that. In addition, as I have been telling you guys since I started this podcast, or rather restarted it this year, was to keep consistent. And I want to stay consistent to having one episode each week for you. So I had to put on my big girl pants and be like, you know what? You're going to record this damn podcast. It's okay if it's not completely crafted and meticulously put together. And so today's episode is going to be a little bit more done than perfect, but it ties into this idea of creating. And I'm actually reading and listening to a couple of things that are all like brilliant ideas that I wanted to share with you. And I couldn't figure out exactly how to share them, but I think I've themed it together here well. So let's start with this idea of creating. So creating, I think, is actually a God thing, and we don't really think about that. So if you think about it, God creates, right? Like he's an artisan. He has made things and crafted things that are so incredibly beautiful and talented and just magical. And if you think of like sunsets or oceans or just like us as individuals, I think it's so cool that literally when somebody procreates, it makes a baby. A lot of my friends are having babies and it's so crazy to see the baby in their belly. And then all of a sudden the belly (laughs) deflates and out comes a human and it looks exactly like the mom and the dad. And it's just like a magical thing. So creation is so much a part of our humanity, even in the point of like Genesis, right? So Genesis is one of the first books in the Bible. And it literally says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So one of the first things that God wanted to tell us is that he is a creator. He creates things, right? He's an artist. Yet no one really talks about the importance of creating in a spiritual manner, right? I think I think we, uh, Frank, uh, Frank, uh, I think that we give a lot of value to people who are uh, white collar people, if you will. Uh, We give a lot of value to doctors, to engineers, to scientists. And then when it comes to creatives or in art, 
if you think about where our society puts a lot of emphasis and a lot of money, right, a lot of investment, science, math, those are things that we invest in heavily. But when it comes to art, it's like people are always fundraising for the arts. People are always kind of looking down on creatives, you know, anytime anybody wants to be an actor, an actress or an actor or a singer or um, a painter or something, it's like, oh my God, good luck with that. You're going to be a loser for the rest of your life. Like you'll never make it. So maybe you disagree with me, but from what I've seen, we don't really give a lot of credit to the people who are pursuing art in some way, shape or form or creating in some way, shape or form. Oftentimes we look down upon those people. But In thinking about it from this perspective of God being a creator and the importance of creation, there's another book that I have read. It's called The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus, and it's a brilliant book all about this idea, and he he puts into the book the amount of scripture that is telling of creativity being a necessity to our humanity. And so that idea paired with this other book that I'm reading, uh, it's called Audience of One by Srinivas Rao. That's S-R-I-N-I-V-A-S. And I even went to go look to see if I could find how to pronounce his name, and I couldn't. So I'm so sorry, sir, from one girl who has a difficult name to another man who has a difficult name. I'm really sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Um can you guys hear Bambi in the background? That's my dog. She. I've decided to record this podcast in my bedroom. Normally I record it in like a designated podcast area, but today for the sake of creativity and fun, I decided to switch it up and record it from my carpeted room, but I have this like one piece of hardwood floor that my dog loves to only step on when I'm recording a podcast. So that is Bambi saying hello and sniffing in the background. Um... So, as I was saying, Audience of One, this book has gotten me thinking a lot about creativity and then consistency, and then it led me down the path of leadership. So, Audience of One is the book that I'm reading, and then there's also a podcast I love I love listening to called The Leadership Podcast by uh, Craig Groeschel. Again, I'm really butchering the names today. Um, and so the, the, all of that together has gotten me all excited about this. So let me read a little bit and share with you some of the ideas of this book called Audience of One. Basically, the premise of this book is, is that when you create for an individual versus creating for the millions, you do such a better job at connecting and creating brilliant work. And in an era of social media where we're all obsessed with the amount of followers that we have and the amount of likes that we get or comments and just just the like social equity that has now come with social media. And I mean, even I get caught up in this when I look at the number of downloads or, you know, there's just a lot of things where we equate our success or our value to the number of people who give a shit about us, right? If you just narrow it down. And so when it comes to creating things, we end up crafting or creating with the idea of everybody instead of somebody. And we don't ever really think about that somebody even being yourself, so what ends up happening is that we only want to create something when it's become perfect and and we end up getting in the habit of creating for public consumption. But really what this author is encouraging is that you need to develop a regular practice of creating in private, creating for yourself 
allows you to have the freedom to play, to experiment, to fail, to practice your art free of judgment, opinions, expectations. You're able to really listen to yourself and tap into an opportunity of self-expression and self-exploration. And if you don't create in private regularly, then the pressure to succeed becomes so great that you really suffocate your creativity. And you can think about this in artists, right? Like anybody who creates music, when they start creating for the label or they start creating for their fans, it, it sucks, right? Like usually artists like third albums are trash, but their first album is like amazing. Why is that? Because they haven't become famous yet and there's no expectations or labeling of what kind of genre they should be in. And they really do whatever they want. And then later on, society starts to mold them or they're trying to meet expectations of X, Y, Z. And it ends up, again, suffocating their creativity. So this book is sharing that the people who have the most creative breakthroughs are the ones who are creating at high volumes of output. And not only that, but they're doing it for themselves and having this idea of an audience of one versus trying to be on the bestseller list. So if you're a writer and all you're thinking about when you're writing your book is how you're going to be on the bestseller list, well, you're going to completely miss your audience. So it's the people that are creating at high volumes because they're not interested in what everybody else is thinking. These are the people who understand that it's the culmination of output that is more important to success than any individual piece of work. I'm going to say that again. See, it's the culmination of output that is more important to success than any individual piece of work. And this applies to everything, right? Even finances. This is uh, sometimes called the compound effect. When you put in a little bit of money in a bank and then it um, yields interest, if you just put in a cent, you're not going to get a lot. But if you leave that cent in there for like, I don't know, 10 years, you get a bunch of money and then it compounds. And then if you add a little bit more money, it compounds. It's the same idea with creativity. The culmination of all those little deposits, it's what gets you a high reward because it's more about this messy process over and over and over again. It's more about the habit of creating than the than the actual creation of one single thing. And that got me today to think like, okay, well, it's not about making this podcast perfect. It's just about getting in the habit of creating. And heck, if it's just you getting out all these ideas in your brain about how it all connects to like God creating the earth and like the audience of one and creativity being about the actual act of creating versus the perfectionism, then like, heck, I'm just going to get in the habit of it. Because what we create in private often plants the seed for our most important and impactful work. And that's also work that will then be ready for public consumption. But if you don't get in the habit of doing it in private, how the heck are you supposed to be good enough to get it out there into, into the ears and eyes of people in the public? And this can apply to anything. If you're a lawyer and you're crafting, you know, your your case for a big deposition or a court date. You're, you need to be able to create that and, and process it in private so that you can go and put it out in public. Then it goes on and it says, what we control in any creative endeavor is our effort, what we do each day to nurture our creativity and our commitment to the process. Forget about the bestseller lists, the gallery openings, the shining lights. The creation of fulfilling creative work is the result of losing yourself in the moment. 
When the work is done, your role comes to an end. The fate of a book, a film, a music album is ultimately out of your hands. You can't control how the world responds, but you can choose to appreciate and acknowledge your effort and simply start again. And then um, it cites a different book. It's called Ryan Holiday, noted upon completion of one of his books. One of the hardest things to do is to separate your work and the effort that you put in from the results. An actor doesn't control the movie around them. They don't control what the other actors do. They don't control the marketing budget. They don't control the distribution. They could do the role of a lifetime, but the director or editor could mess it up in post-production. If your happiness with your job and your career is dependent on how the movie does at the box office or how critics respond to your role, you have placed your happiness with your own life in the hands of other people. And that's a recipe for profound disappointment. While separating your work and effort from the results is one of the hardest things to do, it's also one of the most important. Otherwise, your sense of satisfaction, fulfillment, happiness, and overall well-being will fluctuate, oh my god, will fluctuate depending on the, quote, results. If the results are largely out of our control anyway, wouldn't we be better served by measuring our success by means that we have some control over? For example, are you proud of your work? Would you happily put your signature on it? Have you met or exceeded your own expectations or previous creation? Our creativity speaks louder and more clearly when the work is separated from the results. Starting with the intention of fame and fortune drowns out the sounds of our creativity and makes it more difficult for us to listen, resulting in a perpetual lack of fulfillment and an underappreciation of the joy we could experience through the process. Okay, so again, this is all from audience one that I just read from. I just had to read that whole thing because I could not put that into words as beautifully as he did. And I just, I to me, that was like, whoa. Like, there's a lot there to deconstruct. What I wrote in the footer was intuition. You drown out the noise so that you can create more. Creativity equals God. More creativity equals more God. I know. I was a lot there. But it to me, it was just so crazy. How many of the things in our lives are we pursuing because we want success or fame or recognition or fortune? And so we do or we create our entire lives, your career, your your livelihood is a creation of something you're doing, whether it's Excel sheets and financial reports or you're in a creative industry like me, like marketing. Everything that you do on a day-to-day basis, you are a creator of your own life, right? And how much of that is being placed on the recognition of somebody else or the accolades. (laughs) I can't speak English today. Uh, The recognition of other people. And how does that intertwine with how society is now, right? Like we have this height of social media where the comparison game is so heightened. Everybody's comparing their finances, their relationships, their happiness to everyone's highlight reel. And then we have one of the most anxious, depressed, medicated, overweight generations ever. I think there's something here. If we create for the sake of creating just for ourselves, you're really actually listening to your inner voice, which is your intuition, which is, to me, the voice of God. And if we're not creating and we're not using and utilizing that creativity that God's given you, then it leads to that deep, dark place of unhappiness, unfulfillment, having depression, having anxiety, 
comparing yourself to your friend on Instagram who looks so happy in her marriage, but meanwhile, behind closed doors, she fucking hates him. But you'll never see that on her Instagram reel because she doesn't keep it real, right? Like, we're we're playing these games, and to me, it just, it all tied into that. It's like, wow, yeah, like, if you are in a career that you love and maybe it doesn't pay you that much and you can't keep up with the Joneses on Instagram, but you're damn proud of the work and you would happily put your signature on it and you've met or exceeded your own expectations, then, like, so what? Who cares? Like, if you are the happiest you can be with your relationship and you're not putting it all over Instagram and you're not comparing yourself to everybody else if you are happy with the thing that you've created and like who cares if he's a little bald and a little overweight you love the guy you know (laughs) um so okay so now we've covered this like creativity piece that we understand that creativity is this thing that actually god wants us to do it's in our soul we are created to be creative okay now how does that tie into leadership, Tanya, like, how are you connecting this to the leadership thing? Well, in order to be in a creative state, you've got to kind of learn how to lead yourself. And that's what got me tied into this podcast that I listened to. And the leadership podcast by Greg, Craig, Craig Groeschel, he had talked about being a good leader means that you have the capacity to lead yourself. And so for me, that came in this podcast episode to be about consistency. In order for me to create an episode, I have to be consistent. In order to be consistent, I have to be able to lead myself. So moments like tonight where I was like, I don't want to record a podcast. I'm drinking some soda water here in my fancy wine glass. In order to be a good leader for myself, I have to be able to have good self-talk and I have to be in a good space of mind in order to be creative. But you can't be creative unless you're in a good headspace. So how do you get in a good headspace? Well, so happy you asked. In his episode, Three Secrets to Lead Yourself, Craig Rochelle's podcast talks about two what's and one who. What you consume, what you attempt, and who who you surround yourself with. And from this podcast, one of the things that stood out to me the most was about this one quote, okay? He says, undesirable outcomes means you have unhealthy inputs. So in my case, I was like, damn, okay, what is an undesirable outcome I'm going through right now? I'm like, I'm not as consistent with my podcast as as I would like to be. So what is the unhealthy input that I have? Because the thing is, is that when you have an undesirable outcome, it means that you need to change your inputs. Most people are obsessed with the outcome of something like, oh, this didn't go good or like, woohoo, that went great. But leaders are more obsessed with inputs because they understand that the input is what leads to successful outcomes. So what you put in is what comes out, right? And so to improve that, you have to focus on what you consume, what you attempt, and who you surround yourself with. I was like, damn, that is so good, right? Because what we consume can either put you into a negative headspace or a positive headspace. And if you are consuming crappy television, you're watching junk reality TV like I have been doing, all of the Housewives franchises, great people watching. Uh, You're consuming a crap ton of negative news. There's so much going on in our freaking world right now. 
But there's also amazing things happening, too. I love following, like, global positive news on Instagram because it just shows you, like, beautiful things that are happening. I also listen to NPR every morning, and it gives me the shithole of political and global affairs that are happening. Um, So depending on what you're consuming, who are you hanging out with? That's also another type of consumption, right? Like, if you're listening to somebody bitch and moan about something, well... (laughs) That's a consumption for you. Um, What are you attempting? I think that's really interesting. Yeah. What are you attempting? If you are playing it easy, you're, you're not really going outside of your comfort zone, you're just playing the mediocre card, well, it's probably going to keep leading to undesirable outcomes because your inputs are unhealthy. You're not striving for more. You're afraid to go for that promotion. You're afraid to build that dream home. You're afraid to, heck, even tell anybody about your dreams and your goals. You're not even attempting something. Then you're not going to get the outcomes you want, right? So it's like, what is it that you are leveling up on so that you can get that desirable outcome? And then the very last thing is the who. My mom always said in Spanish, Birds of a feather flock together. Like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you're going to be. And I always thought about that. Even when I was a kid on the playground, I was like, damn, I don't want to be friends with that kid. That kid picks his nose. I don't want to be one of those kids that picks their nose and gets made fun of. I don't want to be friends with that kid. (laughs) And dumb, but it sticks out in my head. Like, I didn't want to be the smelly kid, so I didn't hang out with kids who were smelly. But that that's always carried on in life with me. Like in high school, I remember being like, I like those girls. They're sporty. They're fun. They get good grades, but they also like go to parties on the weekend. Like I want to be friends with those people. And now that I'm older, I don't like hanging out with mediocre people. I like people who have interesting things to say. I like people who are warm hearted. And the minute that I talk to them, we just like are instantly best friends. I don't like people who are guarded and mean and cold. I like warm people. I like when they tell me their life story in the first five minutes. I like when they offer to be generous and kind and like the type of people who are like, I got you a drink at the bar. Like, no, 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 I'll get you one. Like, okay, I get one and you get one next time. Not the people who are like, don't even offer and just stand there while you pay for drinks and they don't say thank you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I diverted there, but who you surround yourself with is really important. Are the people in your life the ones that you can go to with a crazy idea and they go, oh, you could totally do that. Or are they the type of people who are like, you want to do what? Are you crazy? If you have the ladder of friends in your life or your support system, it's time to get new friends or a new support system. And sometimes this sucks because sometimes it's your family or it's your spouse or it's people who are very, very close to you. That doesn't mean you have to excommunicate all the people who are really close to you. It just means that you need to bring in closer people who are going to give you the support you need to get to the outcome that you want. Because guess what? Those negative Nancys are putting in negative energy to you, and that is an input that you are receiving, and it is causing you to have undesirable outcomes. Every single time I've had very close people to me second-guess me, I've always taken the safe route. And the minute I started putting people in my corner who were, I'm going to call them yes people, but not yes people because they were like my minions and they just said yes to whatever I asked, but more because they said yes to all of my crazy ambitions and, you know, big dreams and goals. I was like, I I think I want to do this thing. And they're like, yeah, you could totally do that. And then like, actually, I think I want to do this thing. Like, you can totally do that too. 
And they didn't look at me and go, well, yeah, you failed at that. What makes you think you could do this, right? It was the people in my corner being like, fuck yeah, you could do that. You could do this. You could do, you could be a podcaster. You could be a, a fitness coach. You could also be a corporate boss, babe. And you can also be a freaking gymnast. If you, you know, like any idea I put past them, they are like, hell yeah, you can do it. And in exchange in my life, what, what their life does is their life is a testament that it can also be done because the people that I've surrounded myself are now doing the crazy ideas and dreams and goals that they had that we talked about five years ago. They are now living them. And that is a testament of whew, what happens when you have incredible people in your life. They're entrepreneurs, they're business people, they are authors, they are popular podcasters, they are attorneys, they are nurses, they are, you know, producers, they're, they're all kinds of incredible people in my life. And that helps me be a better leader. And then that helps me be more creative because I know that I have the support to fail. I have the support to create and I can build for an audience of one, even if only one freaking person listens to this podcast. But if I go into it with the habits of creativity, if I go into it with the habits of building desirable desirable outcomes with healthy inputs, then all of a sudden consistency is a lot easier. And there was other, one other note I had here that our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And I fucking just love that. I'm going to repeat it again. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So the people that are helping you shape those thoughts, the things that you are consuming to help you shape those thoughts, and the things that you attempt and succeed and fail at are also helping you develop your strongest thoughts. So with that, hopefully you took all of those things the same way that I did and saw it as a little nudge from God to have that inner voice be stronger in you and to trust that the intuition that you have for the direction of your life is actually correct. You just have to be willing to put in the work to create those outcomes, to have better inputs, and to stay consistent in all of that so that you can go out and create. So I am encouraging you today, happy Friday, go out and create. Maybe it's drawing, maybe it's art, maybe it's freaking, I don't know, maybe you have an entrepreneurial idea that you've really just wanted to launch Maybe you just do an Etsy thing. Maybe you, I don't know, build a website on squarespace.com and connect it to like a Shopify. Whatever it is, whether it's creating a beautiful masterpiece by organizing your pantry closet or it's just making your bed, whatever it is that you do today to create, I encourage you to do it because it's going to help you develop habits to keep you more consistent and more successful so you can be a better leader and develop the life that you were designed to live. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. That must mean you're my type of girl and you're vibing with this podcast. Yay! Tori G writes, I love what you're doing. It's so important to show Christian women in this way because it's much more real and relatable picture than what our society usually sees of Christianity. So glad I found this podcast. 
Have you written a review yet? What are you waiting for? That's the only way we're going to get the message out and help other badass women feel empowered and not alone for breaking Christian girl stereotypes. So whip out your iTunes account, type in faith and other F words and rate. Can't wait to see your reviews. Thank you so much for getting the message out. I appreciate you and love you so freaking much.